This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. All right, looks like we're straight up on the hour. Let me begin. Allow me to begin with a blessing. I send forth this seed offering of prosperity, knowing that it blesses and multiplies all who are open to receive it. And so it is. Good morning from Miami. Good afternoon. Good evening. You guys hanging out in other parts around the world. Do me a favor, check in on the uh, chat and just let me know where you're watching from. Say hi to the rest of the Prosperity Nation who are joining us this morning. It's a great looking crowd. (sighs) Let me begin with this. Um, I recently spent time with a loved one in her very final days. And that last conversation really reaffirmed to me something I knew, but it really reaffirmed to me what really matters. And that's the topic we're going to discuss, explore, deep dive into today. Uh, Welcome. If you're just here for the first time, this is the Prosperity Unchurch. (laughs) It's a thought experiment I've been conducting since um, the first week of January, 2021. The idea is to conduct a service on the principles of prosperity, generosity, free enterprise, and just prosperity circulation. Um, It's not a religion. It's not a church. I put it out there on a love offering basis. What that means is you pay whatever you would like to pay. I didn't set it up as $37 a week like most uh, internet gurus would do. I just say, hey, if you want to do the trade price of $37 a week, do that. If you want to tithe, I see Esther in the house who tithes literally every week and has never missed an episode. Uh, one of the biggest supporters of the show. And I have people who, who just in the prosperity army who send $1 every week or $2 every week. Uh, and that's all I ask is support the show in whatever manner that you can show me that, um, you know, it means something to you and you want to see it continue. Um, the, I said last week we wouldn't have a show this week because my originally I was supposed to be on an airplane right now on my way to Las Vegas. Uh, But my travel plans have changed in part because of that situation I just discussed. Uh, And this topic just speaks to my soul on such a level. And I believe it, it, it speaks on the soul 
or it will speak on the soul to so many of you guys on a similar level. So I, um, because what I had said last week is I don't know how often I'll do these if I don't see, you know, the support. I felt like there was too many people who just come in every week and listen every week on the podcast or watch every week on the YouTube or watch live. Uh, and don't support it. Don't share it. Don't rate the podcast. Don't um, tell their friends about it. And I don't want to create entitlement mentality. Um, but I did. I heard from a lot of people <laughs> over the course of this week saying, don't let this go. Don't let this die. You know, you know you've got to give it more time. It's a new thing. People don't understand the unchurched thing or you know, you're doing something really, really different. Um, you gotta, you gotta let it, you know, give it more time. And I will say, I, you know, my dream, my vision for this community is that we really do create a prosperity army. And it starts with live events. Like I would like to have a venue here in Miami where I'm doing this event live with people every week. And then we're you know, live streaming it out everywhere in the world. So that's my vision. If you guys have that vision, because my vision doesn't matter. What matters is your vision. So if you guys have that vision, you got to support the show. How do you do that? You share it. You share the YouTube channel, subscribe to it. You share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. And you go to randygage.com forward slash go randygage.com forward slash go and contribute whatever you can to support the work. Uh, some of you are very blessed and you could support it in a way for people who can't support the work. So, and I have people who do that. They send in donations and say, okay, I'm, I'm trying to pay for three other people or I'm paying for five people this week. Do as you feel moved. So, all right, so when I say the topic this week is what really matters, I'm going to begin with four foundational premises. Um, you've got to accept each one of these four premises for what I'm about to teach you today to make sense. Premise number one, money won't solve your problems. That's a bad belief that's out there. It's a bad premise that a lot of people have that, that money will solve all their problems. Money will not solve all your problems. Money will only solve your money problems. So let's put that as kind of a foundational premise that, okay, money doesn't solve all my problems, but it can solve my money problems. So there is a need and a value and a place in my life for money. Foundational premise number two, the purpose of acquiring money is not to acquire more money. Really important we dig into that because it turns into a contest, right? We, we just, you see there's all this status seeking and virtue sig signaling and social media uh, really accelerates this and people think, okay, well, I'm worth 10 million, but she's worth 25 million. I need to be worth more than her. And, you know, now we have uh, 
you know, billionaires racing each other to see which is the first billionaire who can be up in space this week, right? It's like, guys, this is not a contest. That's not where the meaning in life is by outscoring somebody else on the scoreboard. That works in cricket, works in softball, works in football, not so much life, right? The real purpose of money is to create better choices and security. So let me just reaffirm both these. The purpose of acquiring money is not to acquire more money. The real purpose is to create better choices and security. My mission in life, the thing that drives me, the why I'm doing this broadcast for you right now, instead of working on the projects, my clients who pay me to do, instead of working on those, why I'm sharing it with you, because this is my mission in life, that you understand this with every, to the deepest level of your soul that the you know the, the 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 reason you should be acquiring more wealth is not to acquire more wealth but to provide better choices and security for you and your loved ones premise number 3 you should make a mindful pursuit of money until you have enough money working for you that you no longer need to pursue it. Let me say that again, because that's kind of a mouthful. You should make a mindful pursuit of money until you have enough money working for you that you no longer need to produce it. If you think back a couple of the shows, you know, we've done specific lessons about uh, earning more money. And one of the <clears throat> outcomes that I, <coughs> excuse me, wish for you guys is you get to the point where you can wake up every morning wealthier than you went to bed the night before. And to do that, we've got to escape the construct of trading hours for money and we've got to employ the concept of leverage. And we've got to take your money and put it to work so that you have your money working for you instead of you working for money. And this is a huge difference in that dynamic. Your money working for you instead of you working for money. And premise number four, if you don't live your life seeking to become the highest possible version of yourself, it's an insult to the force that created you. And it doesn't matter what, how you label it, what, what word or label or name you gave you give for that force that created you. I'm telling you, if your life is not devoted 
to becoming the highest possible version of yourself, it's an insult to that, that force that created you. So let's go back to where we started. I talked about spending um, time with my loved one. This was my, my aunt Susie, one of my favorite people in my whole family ever since I was a very young child. Uh, one of the greatest, funnest outings for my sister, my brother and I, when we got to go over to Susie and Mel's house. Uncle Mel, Aunt Susie, um, they had a gorgeous dog, a German Shepherd, who we adored and got to play with dogs because we, uh, my mom wouldn't let us have a dog. Uh, and Susie let us drink Pepsi. And she had potato chips. And so she would spoil us and she would get out those ruffled chips and the sour cream dip and she would let us have she was a Pepsi drinker. Didn't drink Coke at that time. It was Pepsi. Uh, so it was such a treat. And and then and my they would take me to baseball games in Milwaukee when the Milwaukee Braves were there. Uh, I got to see Hank Aaron play. Right. So adored Susie. We just she's the middle child of her generation. I'm the middle child of my generation. So we kind of just had this. Uh, very special bond all of our, our of our life. And uh, so Susie got cancer, uh, diagnosed with cancer some, you know, like a year ago, really. Um, and just said, okay, it is what it is. And I'm going to live out my final days as I want to live them up. And the doctor said, you know, there's chemotherapy. And, and she's like, no, I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not going out that way. And she just made a decision that it wasn't going to happen. And so by the time May rolled around, um, the doctors were saying it will be any day now. We don't know, you know, that her body will just shut down. And when it shuts down, it will shut down forever. And she wore one of those bracelets, do not resuscitate. She didn't want any artificial memory, you know, methods done to prolong her life. And so knowing this was the case, I went home at the end of May, you know, whenever I think it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, and my mother's birthday is that weekend. And, you know, they're having a cookout for the holidays. And I wanted a chance to uh, spend time and have a final conversation with my aunt Susie. Uh, so I went home and it was um, kind of, you know, she was... People were taking turns staying at her house and we had hospice workers who came in and checked on her once a day. And every day they were like, wow, I can't believe she's still here. And everybody was talking like, I don't know how much longer she got. And, and, but as I was having the conversation with her, you know, she was talking about things she wanted to do and um, total control of her mental faculties, sharp and incisive as ever. I was just having a wonderful time with her. And so we were having a cookout that Monday for the, the holiday weekend. So I told her, Susie, listen, I want to come tomorrow and pick you up. She was so emaciated. The cancer had just 
she was, I don't know if she weighed 70 pounds, really. She went, she lost half her weight. She was down to nothing. I was like, I'll just pick you up and carry you to the car and I'll carry you from the car to the cookout. And it was going to be, my sister's been dating this wonderful guy for the last few years. And he's got a house on the Lake Monona in Madison, Wisconsin, which is where I went home to. And, um, so there was going to be a cookout there on the lake. And I said, I'll just carry you. And she said, I love that idea. I was hoping people would invite me, but everybody thinks I'm dead already. You know, they're talking about me like I'm dead. I'm like, all right, you're coming to the cookout. So I go and I pick her up the next day to take her to the cookout. This is a lady who has not eaten in three weeks, right? She eats potato chips, still now, right? She was eating potato chips. I never made the connection till just now when I was telling that story, but that's it. She was, now she drinks, she, she switched to Coke, right? Instead of Pepsi at some point over the years, Coke got her. <laughs> but so for three weeks, she's eaten nothing but Coke or diet Coke and potato chips. She couldn't keep anything down, no digestion, you know, wasn't hungry, had no appetite. So I take her to the cookout. She's eating Johnsonville sausages and brownies and cookies and cake and key lime pie and ice cream and all the garbage that, of course, <laughs> nobody should really be eating. But she just ate it. I mean, she ate like a football team. And it was just wonderful. I just, it was the most beautiful memory of all us out there on the deck uh, in Kevin's house on the lake and just spending this time with her. And I, especially the last conversation, you know, just her and I, where just her and I had a chance to talk. And she was talking about how she wished she could, she had put a, a fence around her backyard so that my mother could bring her dog over to play in the yard. And she wanted to go to another Yankees baseball game. She was a Yankees fan now. And, um, and she was talking about a chicken sandwich that she saw advertised on a commercial. And she's like, I would really love to try. Have you ever tried that chicken sandwich? I would really like to try that chicken sandwich. And here's the thing, guys, the, you know, she passed away last weekend. She made her transition. Um, but I would just remember that last conversation was so special. And she didn't talk about how much money she had or didn't have. There was nothing to do with titles. There was nothing to do with status. There was nothing to do with social media posts. There was none of that stuff. It was the people, the experiences, what really matters. And the day of that conversation, I remember going back to my hotel room and um, putting on my laptop and social media coming up and people bickering back and forth on social media. And, you know, I just watched this virtual signaling and this uh, bitter partisan divide and all these snarky comments and 
nasty retreats and back and forth. And I thought, do you guys, I just wanted to, to jump through the computer and grab these people by the collar and shake them and say, do you really think this shit matters? Is this really what's important in your life? Is this really what you care about? And that's what I think we is the big picture for prosperity, is what really matters. And that's what we're going to dive into. I want to share with you today seven pillars of a life worth living. If you will say, okay, Gage, break it down. What, you know, how do, you know, what makes up a prosperous life? What kind of life at the end of the day, when you're at that final, when that horizon is closer to you than the one behind you, and you get to the end of your days, and you're having that conversation, like I was having with, with Susie, what is the stuff that really matters? And I'm going to say there are seven pillars that make up a life worth living. Now, most uh, preachers and teachers and gurus uh, and coaches, they would give you this list in numerical order. And they would set them out in the terms of priority, which one is more important than the other. And I'm sure some of you would like me to do that. But I'm sorry I refuse to do that because... It's not my job and it's not anybody's job to tell you what your hierarchy is, nor is it my job or anyone else's job to judge the choices that you make. So I'm gonna just give you the seven pillars and that's gonna be part, you know, I like to give you guys assignments. So I have some, I think three assignments for you this week. And one of those is gonna be prioritizing that for yourself. What does that really mean to you? Okay. So you with me so far, check in and say, yo, give me a thumbs up, say hi in the chat, give me a yo. Same thing on the YouTube channel. I need to see you in the comments. Just let me know you're out there and this is making sense. Okay, what a great looking crowd. Thanks everybody for hanging out. I'm just looking at who all is in the room here with me live and in color. Uh, okay, good. All right, so pillar number one, I'm going to start off with wealth, abundant wealth. Somebody, if you would be so kind, type these in the comments. Pillar one is abundant wealth or the first pillar. Let's not number them. Okay, and again, what is the prosperity purpose behind abundant wealth, it's to offer you better choices and security. The next pillar is physical health. Think of your body as the vehicle that you get to drive through life. You, you, you need to understand you own this vehicle because some of you are treating it like it was a rental car <laughs> that you rented for two days over the weekend and then you're going to, you know, turn it in. No, you don't get to turn this body in. 
this is the only one you get, at least for the foreseeable future. So think of this as the, the vehicle that you get to drive through life, right? Now I go down to my Challenger uh, and you know down in the garage here and I've got 500 horsepower of, that I can fire up and hit the racetrack with. That car can take me places very quickly, right? But if I forget to keep oil in the engine block, if I put cheap watery gasoline in there, if I don't take care and maintain that car, it can't take me lots of places and it can't take me there quickly and it can't take me there uh, in style and in comfort and in safety, right? We have to maintain the vehicles. And this is so true for prosperity. Uh, I was being, I was on a radio show the other day and, and they were asking about this and why did I rate health so high on my priorities in life. And it's because I lost my restaurant when I was about 30 years old. I was uh, doing a restaurant with a partner and we were trying to bootstrap it and we didn't have enough money to start and we couldn't pay the taxes. And it ended up getting seized by the IRS, which is the tax authorities here in the US. And they auctioned it off at the government where, you know, at, at, at an auction. And left me, you know, out of a job, work, deep in debt, you know, just horrific situation in my life. Um, and to this day, I still say the real reason that I had that restaurant seized was because my health was so bad. My energy was so low. For you guys who don't know my story, I, you know, I moved out of the house when I was 15 years old. Um, so, of course, my entire diet for the first 30 years of my, well, especially after I moved out of the house, you know, my mother used to make sure I had some vegetables and healthy things. When I moved out of the house, my diet was nothing but pizza, pasta, cookies, ice cream, sodas, coffee, cigarettes. And um, so after enough years of that, I had such systemic candidiasis, the, you know, where the, the bad bacteria in your uh, digestive tract just uh, eats away at the good stuff. It's so out of balance and you're just, you have a foggy brain and you're so weak and tired and sleepy and you don't think very clearly. And that's the real reason I feel like I lost the, the business. And I always said, if I could just get my health to match, if I could get my body to be able to keep up with my mind, I know I could become successful. And that's what it took for me. It took physical health. And it's going to be the same for you. Next pillar is healthy relationships. Relationships are the glue that hold life together. They're one of the most meaningful thing. When I was there with my Aunt Susie in those final moments, it was the relationship between us that was special. It was nothing else. It wasn't how many best-selling books I wrote or how she did at her job promotion or what was going on in politics or the world or social media. It was the relationship that we had with each other. And that's true between you and everybody in your life. And when you have healthy 
functional relationships, you can be prosperous. When you have dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships, it's almost impossible to create a prosperous life. It, all these things, each of these seven pillars, they all bleed over into the other pillars. And uh, if you don't have healthy relationships, it's really, really going to be tough. The fourth pillar I want to talk about is meaningful contribution. And if you follow my blog and the podcast regularly, then you know I talk often about the virtue of selfishness. And I do see selfishness as a virtue, as Ayn Rand did. And that was actually the name of a, a book she wrote, a, a, an anthology of, of articles about selfishness and not on the sense of I'm a mean person and I'm going to take things away from other people because I want them for myself, but from the, the enlightened perspective of selfishness, which is I will take care of my own needs first so that I will be available to help other people, right? So I'm not one of these altruistic people who dedicate my life to serving others. I think that's actually dysfunctional and crazy. People who say their whole life is dedicated to serving others. Even the people who say, maybe I'll get canceled for this. Maybe this will offend somebody and they're going to log off now. But even the people who tell me my whole life is dedicated to serving God. I think, wow, that's so sick and twisted and deplorable, dysfunctional, because what kind of a God would want you to do that? <laughs> I just don't think an abundant God would ask that for you, right? An abundant God would want you to have your needs met in a healthy way so that you could contribute in a meaningful way to the greater good. And so when I say meaningful contribution, I mean that you find something, and I think this is a basic, inherent human, an innate human desire, is we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. This is why people join cults. This is why people join gangs. This is why people join religions. This is why people join movements. Uh, sometimes they're very unhealthy, like gangs, and sometimes they're very healthy, like movements, where you find something bigger than yourself that to be a part of. And you know that, you know, it, the consciousness, at, at the level of consciousness I'm talking about, the prosperity consciousness, is you move from success to significance. In other words, you move from wanting success to move toward wanting to create significance, wanting to know that whenever you check, uh, you know, whenever you cash out all of your chips, you know, you can, you can die in peace knowing that the world was a little bit better because you were here. So that's the thing I'm talking about there. The next category is, is the pillar is related, but it's different. And that is personal growth. 
um, a meaningful life, a life worth living requires a dedication to personal growth. That remember that basic premise I talked about, which is you should be working to achieve the highest possible version of yourself. And that means you need to be challenged, right? I looked on my Duolingo dashboard last night after I finished my lesson. I have done 186 days in a row of language lessons because I'm learning Spanish and French. So for 186 days in a row, I have done at least one lesson in language learning. And I usually do two Spanish and two French. Usually most days I do four lessons a day, right? That's challenging me. It makes me a better writer. It makes me a better coach. It makes me a better son. It makes me a better person. It makes me a better teacher because I seek out challenges to grow. You know, I was up at 6.30 this morning on the elliptical machine doing my cardio exercise. Uh, why? Because I value physical health and I know I've got to do this personal growth. So some of it's physical, some of it's mental. Um, and I think there's this basic need to be challenged, which is the difference between prosperous people and poverty conscious people. Poverty conscious people, they're okay to be plateaued. They're okay to say, okay, I have the job. That's the biggest job I'm ever going to have. I don't want a promotion. I don't want more responsibility. I don't want to work more hours. I don't want to work harder. I'm not interested in learning more. I go in, I trade my 40 hours, they give me the money. I take my money, I go to happy hour at the pub, I watch Sports Center, I binge out on Netflix, and I do it all over again next week. And they have no desire for growth because they have reached a, a point of stasis where they want to remain until they cash in their chips, right? Uh, that's not life. That's not a life worth living. A life worth living requires some self-directed challenges. And then let me give you the next pillar because it's really intertwined with this one. Um, the next pillar is necessary adversity. This will be surprising to a lot of you guys who are compiling the list, listening or watching right now. Because nobody would probably consciously uh, seek out such a thing. But I do believe that this there is adversity which is necessary. And this is the horrific kind of adversity, which is people you know, your loved ones who die. This is getting a terminal medical diagnosis yourself. This is getting a horrific, crippling, physical ailment, uh, accident, disease. Um, this is the stuff that, here's my take on it. I believe we 
need this adversity um, to expedite the growth that we would normally shun, right? I do four language lessons a day. I don't do 40 or I don't do 400, right? I'm like, okay, I'm busy. I've got all things to do. You know, it's, I got this, I can take 30 minutes for this. That's the most I can put into that. I got 20 minutes. I can do cardio. I'm, that's the thing. I met my standard. That's my goal, right? I can only do this much, right? Well, the natural human tendency is we're going to shortchange ourselves. Nobody's going to go all out all the time, right? Most of us have to get dragged kicking and screaming outside of our comfort zone. So even though I do cardio every day, I'm comfortable because I've built up resistance. I know every day I need to do at least 20 minutes of cardiovascular exercise. I'm comfortable doing uh, Spanish and French languages. If I was studying Russian or Klingon or, you know, what is that language in, uh, uh, in Game of Thrones? I forgot. Dothrakian or something. Um, it would be harder, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm doing enough. I'm doing Spanish and French, right? Um, when we get this adversity in life, it forces us to grow. I've maintained for, for ever since it happened, since right after it happened, that the greatest gift I received in life was when I got shot and left for dead in the street in a pool of blood. Because I don't ever take that for granted again, right? There, that adversity causes me to celebrate every sunset, every sunrise, every chance to play with a puppy or a kitten, every chance to smell the flowers that I come across, to walk in a garden, to spend time with the people who have meaning to me in my life, to go out and play softball, to exercise, all of the things. I, I celebrate and appreciate them more because I almost died, right? Um, we need that kind of adversity because that forces that extra degree of growth that we probably wouldn't voluntarily sign up for. And that's why I think when you see people who have never faced adversity in life, they have, they have terrible lives. Right. If you if you know a trust fund baby who had helicopter parents who protected them from everything, they've never had to work a day in their life. They've never had to worry about financial hardship. They've always had a, a housekeeper and a maid and a nanny and coaches and trainers and people who take care of them and protect them from their mistakes. They're not prosperous people. They live really meaningless lives of 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 desperation and anxiety and emptiness. And um, that's not what you want. And finally, the last pillar is mental harmony. And there's, I believe there's no real prosperity without this. So maybe you're a meditator, maybe you love to go through walks on the beach or walks in the forest, or you like to climb mountains. 
you like to do Sudoku puzzles or crossword puzzles or uh, men's uh, mind games or play chess. Um, but you found things that allow you to be at peace with your thoughts. That's why in the Mad Genius book, I talk about scheduling thinking time every week. I think that's really, really important. And it's, it's a mainstay of my routines just to have time with no phone, no laptop, you know, unplug all the devices. I just take a journal, uh, some green tea, and I be alone with my thoughts. And I think about what I'm thinking about, right? Um, that gives me mental harmony. Meditation gives me mental harmony. Doing my cardio gives me mental harmony. Um, you need that. You need to, to be, if you cannot be alone with your thoughts, I promise you, you're not living a prosperous life. So you've got to, if you're one of the people who has to have people in your house, has to have the TV on all of the time. I mean, I go to these softball tournaments and I, I, I always rent my own hotel room. Right. Mostly the team say, OK, we got 16 guys going. Let's get eight rooms. Everybody will have a roommate. And I realized after the first two tournaments, no, I can't share a hotel room with anybody because 99 percent of the people in the world seem to the they check into a hotel. They put their key in the slot. They open the door. They drop their suitcase by the door, they walk to the remote control and they turn on the TV. And then they start to unpack and then they look at what the room looks like and then they pee and then they you know, order their room service. But they can't, they, they, they have that television on from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to sleep. There's no mental harmony in that, or it's radio, or it, it can be video games. It could be your smartphone, right? You've got to have that mental harmony. So for those of you keeping score at home, the pillars are abundant wealth, physical health, healthy relationships, meaningful contribution, personal growth, necessary adversity, and mental harmony. So I told you, I will not give you a priority. I refuse to do that. I refuse to give you a hierarchy of which should be the most important to you. But here's what I am willing to do. I'm willing to give you <clears throat> two pieces of advice on this. Uh, advice number one is get the money issue out of the way as quickly as you can. And you'll see why when I tell you the second reason. But that's something you should mindfully work toward, which is, okay, I need to keep acquiring money until I have enough money working for me that I no longer need to work to acquire money. Because when you don't have to work for money, now life becomes beyond amazing. Because you're making choices for fulfillment, for significance, for purpose, for meaning. And when you're poor and you're in survival mode, and I know because I've been poor, I've been in survival mode. I get how 
uh, debilitating that can be and how all consuming that can be, right? Um, so I'm saying, um, listen to these other episodes in this prosperity ministry, right? This is number 28 or 29, I think we're on already. Um, they're all archived on my site, randygage.com. Just click on prosperity hyphen live streams. And they're all archived there. They're all archived on my YouTube channel, Prosperity TV. They're all archived on the podcast, the Power Prosperity Podcast. Um, para mis amigos españoles, uh, mis amigos Jose López y Jorge Melendez y Paula Zaragoza, uh, con Doctor Una eh, cada semana, they take this every week. They do a Spanish version of this an hour or two after this one. And the details are in the chat right there. Um, CDMX is 12 noon. So uh, 1 p.m. Puerto Rico. So uh, they do that every week. So if you have any, have any Spanish speaking friends, um, the, you know, Go and work on these things and, and look at some of these previous episodes and learn how you can get the money issue out of the way as quickly as possible. And then the other thing that I'm willing to suggest in terms of prioritizing is, is work hard to get the money issue out of the way and then employ your wealth to strengthen your position regarding the other six pillars. Right. One of the things that I do for my health is I buy organic fruits and vegetables. Now, if you ever looked, you know, they are vastly more expensive than non-organic fruits and vegetables. A lot more expensive. Right. So why do I spend that extra money? Because I don't like to consume industrial pesticides and toxins and carcinogens, which would kill me. So I spend the money to get organic produce, right? That's an example of how I employ my money to get better physical health. Couple of weekends a year, I go down to Key West and I take a four day weekend. Once or twice a year, when COVID wasn't here, I go on a vacation. I go to Fiji or Tahiti or Prague or Sydney, and I take a couple of weeks and I unplug and I have a vacation, right? So what am I doing? I'm helping my mental harmony. I'm using my money, my wealth, to uh, make these other pillars uh, stronger for me. You know, the fact that I could fly home and spend the weekend with my mom for her birthday and with my Aunt Susie before she passed away, I was able to do that because I had the money to do that, right? So I'm, what I'm willing to suggest is you figure out your hierarchy, but use the abundant wealth pillar to make the other six pillars stronger. All right, I want to uh, take up the offering and then I'm going to give you your assignments right after that. Remember, to support the show, you've got to do two things. One is to share the show, the YouTube, the
the Facebook or like when we, we go on live each week, call your friend, text your friends and have them join. Um, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe and then share that with your friends. And then the second thing is randygage.com forward slash go, G-O, randygage.com forward slash go, support the show. A dollar a week, $2 a week, whatever it means to you, whatever you can best, what's prudent for you in your financial position. Um, here's what I would tell you about that. You know, my job, here's how I view my job this job I've created for myself to do this prosperity live stream for you guys. I feel my job is to work myself out of a job. I need everybody in this room right now. Just let me pick a few. Ron, Scott, Mariana, Simal, Mercedes, Mary Ellen, Ezer, Faye, Suzanne, Marcel, Dennis, Jonas, Kathleen, Stefan, Ian, Agnes, uh, Lean, um, who else? Uh, Jide, Martha, Martha, three Marthas, Derek Lord, good to see you here. Timothy, my friend, Payam in Iran, number one, two, three, four, five, six. Judy, another, well, that's a phone number, I won't read that. Ali, Josie, Rosina. Okay, my job is that all of those people I just mentioned and everybody who's listening in the podcast, everybody who's watching on the YouTube channel, at some point says, well, I know all this. I got this. I know this with every fiber of my being. I know that money won't solve my problems. I know the purpose of acquiring money is not to acquire more money. I know that I should make a mindful pursuit of money until I have enough money working for me that I wake up every morning wealthier than I went to sleep. I know that the purpose of my life is to become the highest possible version of myself. I know all this stuff. I don't need to watch Randy every week. But I'm going to share it with some friends who haven't reached that level of consciousness yet. And then they reach that level of consciousness and they share it. Just like there are some of you who take this show every week and you watch it with friends and you have discussion groups. Just like Jose and Jorge and Paula do it in Spanish every week, the week after for the people who are Spanish speaking, right? That's my job to work myself out of a job. And then that's your job. I'm deputizing you into the prosperity army. And then your job is to study, do, and teach simultaneously. Keep seeking that higher level of consciousness. Keep seeking to be operating at prosperity consciousness. So all of this stuff is second nature to you. And you then teach it and share it forward. Remember what we talked about last week or the week before? The circulation law of prosperity. All right. So share the show. I want to see on my, I want to see updates from randygage.com forward slash go. A dollar, five, it doesn't matter. Show me that you're there. And then that's going to determine, by the way, 
how much, how many of these we do going forward is you showing me that the prosperity army is circulating the principles of prosperity. All right, here's your assignments. I, you have three assignments this week. Number one assignment, do something today, some kind of, of self-care for mental harmony. So maybe it's going to be a walk in the park. Maybe it's going to be reading poetry for 20 minutes. Um, maybe it's going to be meditating. But do something today before you go to sleep tonight. Do at least one act of self-care that will help your mental harmony. Assignment number two, I want you to reactivate a paused relationship. Now, you know what I'm talking about. You have people that you used to meet for coffee and you got busy and life got in the way and you stopped meeting them. You had people that you used to go out every week. Your spouse and you would go out to dinner with another couple. Or once a month, you went out to dinner with that couple. And then COVID got in the way. Then life got in the way. But somehow, you know, you just, you had this best friend and you talk all the time. And then you got promoted and you moved to a different city. And, you know, or then you had kids and you got busy with the kids. Or then you have an elderly parent and you're a caretaker for them. And life just got in the way and you let that relationship wane. You let it go into a pause or a lull. I want you to do something this week to reactivate that relationship, at least one of them. And then finally, the third assignment is to develop your hierarchy of the seven pillars, right? In other words, this would be a great thing for your mental harmony time, for your scheduled thinking time. Um, get your little journal out, write those seven pillars, then turn off all the devices, go out and sit on a hammock, go sit on the dock of the bay, go walk along the beach and just think about, okay, how would I prioritize these seven pillars? What's the most important one to me? And how do I nurture that? And what's the next most important one for me? And how do I nurture that? And on through the all seven. That's your assignment. Those three things. Who's in on that? Give me a thumbs up. All right. I love it. Okay, that's the deal. I'm not sure um, if I'll be next Saturday or not. That's kind of going to depend on you guys. Because that's the thing. Let me say this, because I'm not going to flog you people to participate every week, right? I don't, I don't want that job. When I talked about, hey, if you guys don't support this, I'm going to stop doing it. You know, that next week will be the last week. We doubled and tripled all of the people who gave a dollar and two dollars and all the people who gave fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. They all doubled. Right. And the the number of people sharing the show quadrupled. People were all over social media. Oh, you got to watch this prosperity live stream. 
And then the next week, I didn't beat you up. And then it went down to normal. So what is that telling me? That's it. Well, if I, if I beat them up every week and challenge them and tell them they got to do that, but I don't want to do that. I'd be like those, uh, those, those televangelists on TV, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the healing priests, you know, who are begging for money. I don't want to do that. This is a labor of love for me, right? I'm, circulating. This is why I led the show off with a blessing. I want this to bless and multiply the people who participate. And then I want you to pay that forward and bless and multiply it, right? So I'm not going to chase after you. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to flog you to participate. You got to show me that you get what we're talking about. And the more you do that, the bigger the show will be. All right. Is that fair? Say somebody give me an amen. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right. Thanks everybody for being a part of this. Uh, I will talk to you again soon. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, Let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity Podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.